When we come to these holidays, they're all like a reminder to us. Remember who you are. Remember that God is king. Uh, think about uh, your life and the way you're living it. And is it the way God would have it to be? And he gives us these reminders. And you know, in the Jewish world, in Jewish tradition, there's lots of reminders, right? Lots of reminders. Uh, a mezuzah is a reminder. The uh, tzitzit are a reminder. Uh, every single holiday uh, is a reminder. Don't forget. And then when you read uh, some of the great passages, uh, again, uh, I mentioned this last night, but also, you know, in Deuteronomy, remember, 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 you know, remember Sinai, remember the covenant, uh, remember what happened when, uh, you know, when the golden calf occurred. Uh, remember that there's only one God, and 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 that's uh, whom we are. That's who we are loyal to. Don't forget. Says it two different ways. Remember. Don't forget. You read both both of those uh, uh, terms. So there's a lot of emphasis uh, on uh, on remembering. You know, one of the things I think it tells us is is that God knows our our frail frame, and He knows that life is filled with so much stuff that sometimes it's hard to remember. When we look around us, uh, frankly, when you just go out and you just watch the news or look at the culture, uh, you know, or just see what's going on in the world, sometimes it's hard to remember that, wow, there is a king beyond, uh, you know, human presidents and prime ministers and, and kings. And uh, sometimes it's hard to remember uh, that there, that things are not random. Sometimes it's it's hard to remember that that wow, there there really is hope uh, in the world. Uh, sometimes we could get just so um, discouraged that we could throw up our hands and just say, forget it. You know what difference does it make, right? And and so we have uh, days like this. Not only days like this, we have every Shabbat an opportunity, and as a community, just every time we come together for whatever we come together for, uh, an opportunity to speak encouragement into each other's lives and to remember the hope. And that's so much of, of what it's all about, not uh, just uh, you know, attending an event, you know, or singing a particular song, uh, you know, or, or, or that, that kind of thing. Uh, the idea is, is that we're like an island in, in a way you know, uh, of hope uh, and of encouragement of an, and of an alternative way of conducting ourselves. That really what most people in the world would desire, you know, uh, deference, forgiveness, unconditional love, hope for the future. Who doesn't want that, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so we uh, certainly do have uh, a quite a uh, quite an important uh, message to uh, to share, uh, and so you know when we come on Rosh Hashanah, it is uh, traditionally the be the beginning of a new year, uh, and uh, uh, and therefore a turn of the page, uh, and hopefully uh, we are thinking about our our lives, and we're we're thinking about uh, uh, hope and. Uh, and moving forward. We're, uh, like we said last night, we're reminded uh, that God is our king, and we're reminded of our story, and that our story is bigger than our own personal 
situational story, but we're part of a much larger story. Uh, and, and hopefully uh, that uh, this is encouraging to us, you know? Hopefully we're reminded uh, that God has given us a way of life, an ethic, uh, a morality. We're, we're reminded that he, he's called us to be the conduit uh, of himself, the conduit of God to the world, right? And that he sent the Messiah to empower us to be able to fulfill uh, that calling. That means that there's meaning. It means that there is significance. Uh, it means that there is, there is hope. So hopefully we are reminded of that because there are times when we, when we could really just throw in the towel, you know, and say, what, what am I, what kind of hope is there? Is there anything else besides just eking out uh, some kind of life? Well, yes, there is. We have a, uh, we have a particular calling that God uh, indeed has given to us, Right? And so what is that calling? What is that message? That message is that there is a creator. There is a creator who formed this world. And just as the outward world was created in an, to function in an orderly way, like the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, oxygen to breathe, and things like that, so he has created uh, people to live in a particular way that is the best way possible for us to have uh, joy, meaning, fulfillment, uh, and uh, to make a difference uh, in, this, in this world. You know, I'm teaching a class on the book of Proverbs uh, on Monday evenings. And, uh, you know, there's the repeated phrase in, in Proverbs, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay? Uh, it's interesting, uh, at the very beginning uh, in the first uh, chapter, in the seventh verse, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Then, uh, toward the very end of the ninth chapter, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, you know, if you've ever been in a Bible study or in a class, right, where people say, what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? And we make this big gulf. Like, it's this huge difference, right? W knowledge is what we know, and wisdom is how we apply that. May I suggest that it's not that big of a difference, <laughs> okay, and, uh, and that there's a reason why in the beginning of the first chapter and at the end of the ninth chapter, you have this phrase, the fear of the Lord is, is the beginning of knowledge, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, because those first nine chapters really aren't, we haven't, get into, we haven't really gotten to Proverbs yet. That starts really in the tenth chapter, because the first nine chapters is all about uh, a father begging his son to choose the right path in life, Right? Uh, and the father is a metaphor, and the son is a metaphor, uh, just of uh, begging people that we love to walk on the right path, uh, and uh, and and there's and that there's a choice of of uh, these two paths called wisdom and folly, and uh, uh, the reason that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom is it is a why it is wisdom to know that there really is a way a, an orderly way of life that is really good for us, and that it isn't just a throw of the dice, or it isn't just shooting from the hip. You know what I mean? But wow, just like God made this world so that we could live in it in an orderly way. Like, you know, if the moon, the earth's moon and the sun 
you know, didn't do exactly what they're supposed to do, we'd all be dead, right? Uh, so it's very orderly. And so God, it is wisdom to know that God created us to live a particular way on a particular path that leads to life, that is life. Uh, and that is indeed very fulfilling. That, in, that is real wisdom. So I just would suggest this morning that we follow the admonition of one of the prophets of Israel that's really small, right? It's only, it's only a couple of chapters long. And this prophet was a contemporary of uh, Zechariah. They lived at the same time, right? And this comes after the Babylonian captivity. This is after, remember how, you know, Israel gets in the land and they're there for hundreds of years and have a variety of kings, you know, but it's not going very well. And ultimately, the Babylonians come and displace uh, everybody who's in Jerusalem. And, and then another, another king had come and taken uh, the, all of the people that were in the northern part of Israel, the kingdom of Israel, and scattered them out, and, and, and you had this captivity, right, where uh, the people went to Babylon. They stayed there for 70 years, and then they come back, and when they came back, they thought that everything that, like, Isaiah wrote about the future day and, you know, in the return from the four corners of the earth, and now it's going to happen. We're coming back from Babylon. And they come back to Jerusalem, and the place is a mess. Uh, the temple has been destroyed. The city is destroyed. It's, it's in ruins, basically. Uh, and, and, and so it, it's not exactly how they thought it was going to be. You know, They had these great expectations about what they thought God was going to do. And here they see that, well, evidently our timing is off. It's coming. It's going to happen one day. But it doesn't seem to be happening now. And so the people are, you know, when they come back into the land, they're supposed to build the temple again. And they're discouraged. And we read about that in, the, in uh, the prophet Zechariah. But there's another prophet. His name's Haggai. Haggai. And by the way, his name's pronounced Haggai. Okay? For some reason, un, unbeknownst to me, maybe afterwards someone can explain this to me, he's often called... Haggai, where it doesn't make any sense. I, so I just thought I'd throw that in there. Okay? All right. So we want to turn to the prophet Haggai, just before Zechariah. And I'm going to read a good portion of this. It's not that long. We'll get a real feel for it. And I think th this is one of those sections of the Bible that kind of, as they say, teaches itself doesn't require a lot of uh, explanation to get the point. In the second year of Darius the king, on the first day of the sixth month, first day of the sixth month, what's the sixth month? Elul, right? Okay. The word of the Lord came by the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. We read about Zerubbabel and Joshua in, uh, in Zechariah right? This is not the Joshua of fame, right? This is a different Joshua. This is uh, the, the high priest. It was a very popular name, just like it is uh, to this day. It was a very popular name, Joshua. Okay. Uh, Thus says the Lord of hosts, this people says, the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, 
Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? Now therefore, thus says the Lord, consider your ways or consider your heart. You have sown much but harvest little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, and there is not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but not one is warm enough. And he who earns, earns wages to put into a purse with holes. In other words, you're not satisfied. You're working really hard. You're doing all kinds of things, uh, but, you're, uh, but you're not happy. You're not satisfied uh, uh, with life, right? Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Think about what you're doing. Think about where your heart is. Think about what, you know, what are your priorities? That's really what this, the message of this prophet is. What are your priorities? Go up to the mountain, mountains, bring wood and rebuild the temple that I may be pleased with it and glorified, says the Lord. You look for much, but behold, it comes to little when you bring it home. I blow it away. Why, declares the Lord? Because of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I called for a drought on the land, on the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on what the ground produces, on men, on cattle, and on all the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people showed reverence for the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke by the commission of the Lord to the people, saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came out and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. On the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of, uh, of Darius uh, the king. Okay, so, so here, the people had come back to the land. They, they were not like, ungodly in the sense they weren't building uh, altars. They, they weren't worshiping Baal. They weren't sacrificing their children. They actually, this is the remnant. These are the people who came back. These are the people who, who were looking forward to, to worshiping God uh, 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 again now that they've been out of the land. And they're discouraged because of what they see and what they don't see. And so they do what a lot of people do, right? They focus inwardly, sort of like, well, let me take care of myself. Let me see what I can, you know, uh, 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 just eke out a living. But they're unhappy. They're unhappy. They're, uh, uh, they, they don't seem to uh, uh, be satisfied. And, and God says the reason for that is that you don't have your priorities in order. You need to be thinking about rebuilding the temple. You need to be thinking about what I've called you to do. In this particular moment in history, it was about rebuilding the temple. And I'm going to suggest, I know that some of us might be thinking, oh, what a great message for giving uh, uh, for uh, you know, a new sanctuary or something. But that is not what I want to talk about. 
Okay, you can, you can get that in your head, and that's fine and dandy. Okay, that, that is good. That's all good. But, you know, in their day, it was about rebuilding the, the temple. In our day, we could say it is also, in a sense, about rebuilding the temple that God has, has called us. He's given us a specific mandate, right? He's given us a specific mandate. The mandate is to go and make disciples. The mandate is to uh, be, a, uh, uh, be a witness in this world of Yeshua the Messiah. The, the mandate that he's given us is to be a demonstration of godliness and faithfulness uh, in this world. And so that in word and deed, this world knows that the Messiah has, has come and his name is Yeshua. It's not so much about uh, uh, how, how big, how small, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and things of that nature. But the question for us is, we need to consider our ways, you know, and, uh, and, and, and what is our priority? Uh, uh, are we serving the Lord in the way uh, that, that he's called us to? Or are we discouraged because we have, we have expectations that God doesn't seem to meet uh, and, uh, and we think about, wow, you know, uh, there used to be a day uh, when things were better. Uh, there used to be a day uh, when, uh, you know, when we think about, with, like, for example, they would think about the temple. Oh, the grandeur of the temple. And now there's no way that, that that's going to be. We might think of uh, years, years ago. We might think of either uh, our childhood or, or we might even think, for some of us, we might even think of Beth Messiah past, right? Like, oh, remember, you know, when we used to meet over here and remember, you know, when we used to do that and, and uh, um, you know, and we, we, what we tend to do, and this is really important, we tend to romanticize the past, right? And we do that all the time. We, we do that all the time, right? We, used to, we say, remember when, you know, in, uh, our, uh, in the early days of the Messianic movement, blah, 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 blah. It was craziness. It was, it was a lot of weirdness going on. Uh, you know, in, in a lot of respects, it's a lot better now. Uh, you know, and that's, that's really important to get, uh, <laughs> frankly. Uh, and, but the point is, is, is that if we are discouraged, let us, this is why the prophet came. The prophet came to say, hey, wait a minute. God has a calling on your life. He's got something for you to do. And he says it over and over again in, in this book. He says it a number of times. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. It's not that you are in some gross sin, but your priorities are off. You know, you don't have the way of the Lord as primary. So that's why we blow the shofar, right? Uh, to remember that calling uh, in our lives. Now, when we continue here, it says on the 21st day of the seventh month, which, by the way, is Sukkot, during Sukkot, right? The word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? But now take courage, Zerubbabel declares the Lord, take courage, Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and all you people in the land, take courage, declares the Lord, and work, 
For I am with you, declares the Lord. And for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. Isn't it interesting here that he doesn't just say, uh, you know, before you went into captivity, remember I promised that you would come back? He goes all the way back to Egypt. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. He says, remember the story. Remember, I was faithful then. I will be faithful now. You know, and now is the majority of people stayed in Babylon. Did you know that? The majority of people stayed in Babylon. And it was a small group that came back to Jerusalem. It wasn't like everybody went to Babylon and then everybody came back to Jerusalem. That is not the case at all. Did you know that even in the days of Yeshua, there were more Jews in Babylon than there was in Israel? Yeah, okay. Uh, and, uh, and so these were the, this is the faithful. <laughs> we need to get, this is the faithful remnant who has come back, but have been disillusioned, have been discouraged. And God does not do away with them. And he doesn't say it's a lost cause. And he doesn't hold a big stick, you know, on them. Uh, he says, just do, work, do the right thing. I'm with you. And that is the message that God says to us. I was there with you in Egypt. I was there uh, with you when you entered the land. I was there with you when, when uh, David won his battles and Solomon won his battles. I was with you even when you went into the captivity. And I'm with you now. And now we could say all these years later, I was with you when the Messiah came into this world. I was with you when he rose from the dead. I was with you when he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And certainly I'm, I was with you when the Ruach was poured out. And I'm with you now. And so get to work. Do what I've called you to do. And get the priorities straight. You know, and, uh, and so this is what this uh, is about. He goes on to say, uh, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also and the dry land, and I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the wealth of all the nations, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I shall give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Well, you know what's really interesting is he's speaking to them about something that they were never going to see in their lives, right? Because he gave them hope that the story was bigger than themselves. The story was bigger than their years of living. And so our story is much bigger than our personal lives. We're part of something huge. And every generation has the opportunity to move it forward, to move God's history forward. And so we have that opportunity. And so may we not be discouraged. And may we realize that God has raised us up. And so we need to get those priorities straight. We can be lulled to sleep just because if we don't see something, if we don't see something now, we kind of just sort of fall into a routine 
and uh, you know, and, and kind of uh, 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 the fire kind of goes out a little bit, you know. But uh, may I suggest that when he says to them, uh, uh, "Consider uh, your ways," he is certainly uh, uh, saying that, uh, saying that uh, indeed uh, to us. So, what does it mean when we talk about? Consider your ways. You know, Yeshua also talked about priorities. Did you know that? Yeshua did. Uh, when he's talking to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, in Matthew chapter 23, he says a very interesting thing to them. In verse 23, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, here's the thing. You know, Yeshua talked to the Pharisees more than he talked to anybody else because he was most like them. In, his, in, in their belief, in, in what they believed, right? They had become, they had reduced themselves to legalism and therefore to hypocrisy. But boy, I mean, if Yeshua was standing here to us, what do you think he'd be saying to us? Uh, you, you know? Uh, so when he says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, he's not hating on them, all right? He wants them to repent and, and to turn around. But look what he says in this particular verse. For you tithe, mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But these are things you should have done without neglecting the others. Isn't it interesting? He doesn't say, you're wasting your time on that. This is what you should have done. No, he's saying, your priorities are out of whack. Your priorities are out of order. Yes, you need to tie the, the, the mint and the deal. And you, need to, you need to engage in the traditions of, of the people. But don't neglect the more important things. There are more important things. Not, you know, the Torah is not a flat earth. Some things are more important than others. And quite clearly, what you see here is relationship is more important than tradition. Uh, you know, that's a message uh, all by itself, right? Uh, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These are weightier provisions uh, of, uh, of the Torah. So he's saying to them, you need to get your priorities uh, in order. Uh, and so uh, we need to evaluate what we do and ask ourselves, what are the important things? What do we do and spend time on? What do we do? Not just, no, we, first we should say that about our, ourselves here, right? What do we do? What do we spend time on? What do we spend uh, finances on? What uh, do we uh, engage in more than other things? And then we need to ask ourselves, these may be important things, but are they the most important things? Are we doing the most important things? You know, and, and that is a question that we need to ask ourselves as a leadership, a congregational leadership. That's a question we need to ask ourselves as families. We need to ask ourselves as, uh, as individuals. You know, am I running on that, you know, the little hamster thing? You know, am I just doing that? You know, is it all meaningless like uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes, uh, you know, says? Am I just doing that because, because if I don't do it, it's not going to get done, and if I don't get done, it has to get done. And, and then at the end of the day, we ask ourselves, what did I really accomplish, right? Have you ever done that? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay. And, and so we really do need to ask that question. Are we walking in the path of wisdom? Are we walking in the path of the Lord? 
Or are we kind of on the path of the Lord, but are we kind of like going on the berm? <laughs> you know, like I'm on the right path, but am I hearing the rumble strips? You know, uh, am, am I kind of in the median a little bit? Uh, you know, now I, I may not be running into oncoming traffic, but uh, am I on the road? Am I on the road? These are questions we need to ask. It means, it means taking the initiative. It means being engaged and not just, I'm in neutral and Messiah, you know? Uh, and so I hope that when we hear the sound of the shofar, we hear the voice of God saying, consider your ways. Are we engaged on some level in being a witness of Yeshua to our community in word and deed? Remember last night we read the beginning of, of Isaiah 62? I will not keep silent. And I hope that that is, you know, in this new year, that is something that rings in our heads. We will not keep silent about Yeshua the Messiah. And it's not so much about having a personal relationship with a doctrinal statement. It's about having a relationship with God and demonstrating that and manifesting that all around us uh, in the world in which we live, right? Uh, do we, are we making sure that we have good relationships with people? Are we demonstrating deference and forgiveness and, uh, you know, and kindness and self-control and all of those things? Are we doing those things? We should be doing these things without neglecting the other, as Yeshua said. These are important priorities. Are we using our resources wisely? Uh, as individuals, are we supporting uh, the, the congregation with our time, with our finances, and our resources? Uh, that, is, that is important because we're, this is indeed a community, and, and, uh, uh, and God has a calling upon us, uh, and so that's certainly very important. Uh, uh, are, are we engaged in the world around us? Are we demonstrating kindness and generosity and, uh, you know, and, and uh, ministering to the orphan and the widow, the vulnerable people in our community. That's, uh, he calls us to all of these things. And so uh, this is what we need to be asking ourselves. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be concerned with the, uh, the nuts and bolts of congregational life or something, you know, of uh, making sure that um, we're paying our bills or we're vacuuming the, the, you know, the floor. All those things need to be done. But, but uh, we do need to ask ourselves, are we, are we doing everything wisely and are we advancing what God is doing in this world? Are we really doing that or if we kind of got bogged down? Bogged down in minutia. That's a question we really do need to ask ourselves. Because there are marvelous things that God desires to do in our midst, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and so the question for us is, are we like the, the, the remnant who returned? Somewhat dissatisfied, somewhat, you know, maybe, you know, a disillusioned. Not totally like we're jumping off the roof or something. But um, just disillusioned that we've kind of, um, we're not, you know, in gear, we're not engaged, sort of going through the motions, tired, I don't feel like volunteering to do something, let somebody else do it, right? Is that where we're at? Or do we really have those priorities right? Remember what we said last night, if he is our king, that means that 24-7, he is, he is engaged 
in our, uh, he is engaged in our lives 24-7. And everything that happens is somehow part of what he's doing. And so, you know, let us be on the right path. And let me just finish by saying this. You know, in the beginning of the book of Revelation, Yeshua, through uh, John, as he writes this, talks about a number of congregations. That uh, uh, congregations that um, love God and are not, uh, you know, worshiping uh, uh, idols, right? Uh, not heretics and, and all that, right? And uh, there's a couple uh, in particular which I think are pretty interesting. One is uh, the congregation at Ephesus. Congregation at Ephesus. He says uh, here in uh, Revelation chapter 2, in verse 2, he says, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot endure evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. And you have, pers and, and you have perseverance, and have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. It's all good. And then he says, but this I have against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, ugh. Oh, a great theme of Rosh Hashanah. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, and repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. And so, this is, see, these are the things we need to ask ourselves. Where are we in this? We're just people like everybody else, you know, and uh, certainly. Uh, we love uh, our community and, you know, families and, and, uh, and all of that. But I think all of us need to think in my context of my, whether it's my family or, or Beth Messiah, you know, are we doing the deeds we did at first? Or do we feel like we've matured to the place where we don't have to do the deeds we did at first? Or do we feel like, oh, we're better than that now, you know? I, I believe that in this year, 5780, it is a marvelous opportunity for us to just become really zealous for the important things and for the things of God and for uh, not being quiet, you know, and by word and deed, making uh, Yeshua's name known. And I believe that when we do that, God blesses us, but it's not about maybe the things that we think. I think he blesses us maybe with people. Maybe he blesses us, you know, in ways that are uh, in surprises, in surprising ways. Let's just call it that, you know? Uh, and so I think that uh, certainly uh, from our leadership on down, this is something that we really need to do some evaluating on, right? And then, of course, uh, there is uh, another congregation uh, in, the third, uh, in the third chapter, Okay, uh, the congregation at Laodicea, right? He says here, I know your deeds, this is verse 15 of Revelation 3. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will basically throw you up, vomit you, spit you out of my mouth. Okay. Because you say, you know, we get a real hint of what, what he's talking about in the next verse. 
He says, because you say I am rich and I have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Okay? He says, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may become rich and white garments that you may clothe yourselves that the shame of your nakedness uh, may not be revealed and eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him uh, and he with me. Okay, so, you know, what he's saying here is, uh, we don't have time to, uh, you know, to go through this whole understanding of what's going on in this passage, but simply to say this. When he's speaking to the believers at that time in that city, being hot and cold were both good. It's not about being like cold to the Lord or hot to the Lord. That's why he says, I wish you were hot or cold, because they needed hot and cold. Hot and cold was both good, okay? But lukewarm was putrid. Lukewarm was putrid, okay? You ever, do you like a lukewarm uh, you know, glass of water? You know, I don't know. Hot water is good, cold water is lukewarm. I know someone will tell me how wonderful it is. All right, I know. It happens all the time. But generally speaking, okay, uh, you know, it is, uh, it, it, is, it is not good. And so we want to be hot and cold, not cold metaphorically as dead, right? But useful. We want to be useful to the Lord. Cold water is very useful. Hot water is very useful. Lukewarm, okay? For those of you listening by way of recording, anyway. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, that's what we want. We don't want to be lukewarm. We don't want to be in neutral. We don't want to be just, okay, time for Yom Kippur. Time for Sukkot. Soon it'll be over because we're really tired. You know, cut it out, right? Let's stop that kind of thinking, right? We need to be excited that God has called us and that we have his wisdom and, 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 and that we know him. And if we're not feeling that, that's what we need to work on during these high holy days, okay? We're not bad people. He says, those whom I love, I reprove. He loves us. That's why last night, remember what I said, the dual identity of Rosh Hashanah? You know, it's a day you know, of, of repentance, but a day of rejoicing. Because from God's point of view, we're here and we're worshiping him. And so he's not angry with us in, in the sense of, hey, you, you know, no. He's saying, come on, you know, like uh, the great Newt Rockney speech, right? We're going to hit him hard. We're going to hit him low. We're going to go out there. Anyway, anyway. anyway. But uh, uh, let us uh, take these things into consideration and let us really ask ourselves, let us consider our ways. Let us live out the mandate that God has for us. Let us be zealous for good works, okay? I could go on and quote all the passages that talk about being zealous, but don't worry, I won't, all right? Uh, God has called us to be zealous, zealous for what is right. Uh, and and may we be may we be rejuvenated uh, during this time, um, uh, and may uh, and may it um, be demonstrated in every area of congregational every area of a congregational life, 
And when you get right down to it, isn't, doesn't everything come back to the same thing, which we say in our liturgy in every single service that we do? And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That is the question of the hour. That is the need of the day. That is what will make a difference in our world. Let's pray. Lord uh, God, thank you that uh, we have the prophets. We have the prophets of Israel, including uh, Yeshua himself. Lord, when he says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, he doesn't hate them. He loves them, but he wants them to turn around. And so, Lord, may we, uh, may we recognize, Lord, that there is certainly a calling on our lives as individuals, and, you know, at, at home and at work and wherever we are. Are we really 24-7 manifesting Yeshua? Do people see Yeshua when they see us? And then as a community, Lord, are we fulfilling the, the destiny that you've called this work of God to be, Lord? May we always be a light to the Jewish community. And, and uh, may we really uh, take that seriously and engage. And as, uh, uh, as Abraham Joshua Heschel once said, I pray with my feet, right? Meaning that uh, I not only say words, but there's actions associated with it. And so may we pray with our feet, Lord. And I pray, uh, as we hear the sound of the shofar, may it pierce our hearts. And may we repent and may we rejoice. And may we move forward, Lord. Uh, and uh, through this uh, season of repentance and reconciliation and restoration, and through the rest of this year and for the rest of our lives, God, may uh, this generation of this congregation make the greatest difference of all. We pray in Messiah's name. Amen.